Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hi, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. But we are here with the real cute one, and that is Kendrick from Reality and Comics 2 Podcast. Hey. Oh, hello. How are y'all? Good. So, so glad good. you're here. Oh my God. So excited to talk to you. I know. I'm so glad y'all made me go on this walk through the early 2000s or what is it late 90s early 2000s it was late 90s so this is the earliest movie we've done everything else was in the 2000s but this is from 1999 pre y2k everybody was still building their bunkers at this time right (laughs) (laughs) well not that band in the movie they had no problem singing on top of that school i would have been under it like do you have basement (laughs) right Like, how did y'all get all that up there, first of all? <laughs> right. Did either of you, like, did your parents freak out about the potential of Y2K? Because I had some friends that their parents were talking about, like, all the jails are going to open up because all the computers <laughs> are going to go back to, like, 1900. Well, my family is, like, Philadelphia trash. So at midnight on New Year's, we just bang pots and pans in mm. the front yard. So that's all <laughs> they were doing at midnight. But I remember, like, myself, not my parents, I just sat on the couch counting down, like thinking that the lights would just go off. And probably that I would be assassinated in my own living room. But (laughs) I was like, five, four, three. And it didn't happen. (laughs) I remember December 31st, 1999, ridiculously vividly. First of all, we hadn't been to church in like three years, but we were ready to go to church that night. My mom's friend was going to come pick us up. It was just me and her for some reason. I had no idea where my sister was. So it was just me and her, Mm. and we were sitting there, and I remember BET was playing Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech, for some odd reason, I guess to bring in a new year, I don't know, but we were watching the whole thing, (laughs) and, and she came and picked us up, took us to church, and I remember just being in church, trembling, I was so scared, I was like, oh my god, like, it's one thing if I was just like sitting at home, then I would be like, okay, Y'all don't take this seriously. I'm not going to take it seriously either. It's whatever. But the fact that you took me to the Lord's house on (laughs) the the day before the new year, I'm like, okay, it's about to go down as soon as midnight hits. And so we stayed there until after midnight. And so I literally remember being scared to walk out of the double doors because I was like, oh, cars have crashed. They're like set on fire. Are we protected in this house? Are we going to walk out into the real world? I thought it was like straight apocalyptic. (laughs) At least your mom was like trying to do preventative measures. My parents straight up just like took us to the neighbor's house and were like, all right, go to the basement and play Nintendo kids. We're going to be drinking champagne up here. Yeah, but you were in the basement. You were in the safest place of all. (laughs) There you go. True. True. Underground bunker. Kendrick was waiting for that dog from I Am Legend to walk by. <laughs> I watch way too much sci-fi. I've got to stop because 
Anytime something <laughs> bad happens, I immediately think the worst, and it always turns into like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like every single time, like I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> My brother and I both love disaster movies, like mm. end of the world type mm-hmm. of things. And now we have like Don't Look Up, and it's like hitting a little too close to home. And I'm like, well, shit. We are low-key just living in year two of a disaster movie, except that in this disaster movie, they're like, no, no, just like keep working. (laughs) Right. Anyway, I think we're about 10 minutes in and we haven't said the name of the movie we're covering (laughs) once. So for those of you who are still with us, we are covering 10 Things I Hate About You For those of you that are still with us, why? (laughs) (laughs) Who hurt you? (laughs) They're listening and they're like, I wish the world did end in 1999. (laughs) We wouldn't have to listen to podcasts. So, yes, the movie came out in 1999, and I didn't know the movie was this old. I didn't know I was this old. I saw this in movie theaters with my sister, and I was, like, old enough for my parents to think that I was responsible enough to watch my sister in 1999. <laughs> so I am old as a hill. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very young. I was not old enough to go to the movies. I actually, I don't remember when the first time I saw this was, actually. I remember it was a while ago, but I feel like it was probably just like a Comedy Central rerun, like back when I was just watching Comedy Central all day for some odd reason. I don't know. I guess Bravo hadn't ended my life (laughs) at that point. So, Donnie, you will be pleased. This is one of my favorite movies. And so I've seen it and I've seen it multiple times. And I know that we say literally every week like this is the best soundtrack but for me this movie like this genre of music was the genre that i listened to in the aughts and even today like my spotify playlist is basically like the online equivalent of club skunk the (laughs) club that cat and patrick go to now see i was a big movie person my whole life so if there was a movie i liked i automatically bought the soundtrack so i did have the soundtrack but i only listened to the two letters to cleo songs on it Mm -hmm. everything else like rainfall on your window (laughs) i skipped all that shit like give me an angry girl band give me like an indie feminist guitar player and i am just like there i believe that (laughs) (laughs) Is Bikini Killer a real band? Yeah. No way. Wow. (laughs) Kendrick and I are not familiar. No. (laughs) So you guys don't listen to the menstrual cramps? Is that a real thing? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's a great band. (laughs) Or Taco Cat. Explain it to me. Explain it to me. (laughs) No, I don't know that. All right, we don't need me singing. (laughs) So wait, Donnie, if, if you weren't listening to like the angry girl band music what girl bands were you jamming to like in the 90s um destiny's child christina aguilera britney mandy like all those girls but then i also as you know i had soundtracks i did listen to and this was a couple years later but the save the last dance soundtrack was the one i played out and then the like sequel not the not the save the last dance sequel (laughs) but they had so many songs in Save the Last Dance that they couldn't put them on one CD. So then they had even more music from Save the Last Dance and I owned that oh my too. God. That's like Titanic on VHS where they couldn't fit it on one tape so they had to put it on two. Well, much like Titanic, I have not seen Save the Last Dance. So maybe we Shut should add up. it to our list. Get out of here. I know. That's one of my pause movies. <laughs> Like, if you see it playing on TV, you're like, oh, save the last dance. That's like a, a warm hug from grandma. I'll watch that today. 
<laughs> so, 10 Things I Hate About You is a retelling of Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. And two of the stars of this movie, Andrew Keegan and Julia Stiles, both went on to star in O, which is a Shakespearean adaptation of Othello. And then, one more, we'll take it further, Gabrielle Union starred in Deliver Us from Eva, which is another retelling of Taming of the Shrew. So these people love their Shakespeare adaptations. Much like the character in this film that I'm sure you're going to talk about, Donnie. Oh, we'll talk about it. (laughs) She is, I mean, we can wait, but just a little teaser. She is a stone-cold freak. A little more trivia, and then we'll get into the movie. This was Heath Ledger's first American movie, and he beat out Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher for the role. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, (laughs) casting agent. (laughs) And then I want to give you a little history lesson. The school used in this movie was originally built to be a hotel, but then it was damaged in a fire in 1898. So in 1906, they made it a high school. That's cute. Cute. It was a big school. From the ashes rises a (laughs) high school. Yes. So now it's time to talk about the movie. So before we really do a deep dive, Kendrick, we're going to give you one minute on the clock to summarize 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, oh God. Okay. I'm ready for this. Okay. I'm a recapper. (laughs) I can do this. So apparently, Juilliard didn't work out because Save the Last Dance is still in high school. She's, uh, you know, she used to be that girl. She's not that girl anymore. Everyone kind of hates her, but she's got a little sister. Little sister's like, no, okay, I'm trying to be popular, okay? And then, boom, new dude shows up. He's like, okay, I love you. What you want me to do? She's like, look, get my sister with somebody, and then I'm going to date you, and then we ain't got to worry about her no more. He's like, okay, say less. Okay, I can do that. So... What happens is they go and they get the Joker <laughs> to basically date, uh, uh, save the last dance. But then Joey Lawrence is there for some reason <laughs> and he's like, no, I'll front the bill for this. Joey Triviani, he's been on Days of Our Lives for so long <laughs> that he, he like can just afford $300. He's like, look, take this, take her out. It'll be amazing. Y'all have a good time. And then I'm going to take a sister to the prom. Sister finally learns a lesson. She's like, no, you're evil. Not going with you. And so she goes with young boy. They have a good time. But then the person who's looked the same for 40 years, Gabrielle Union, she's like, nope, I'm taking your man. I'm going to go with him to the prom. This literally has nothing to do with anything, but it's essential to the story, I suppose. I don't know. And then Julia goes and she looks good. She has a cape. And then he meets her there. But then when they get into a fight, He's like, and that's why I paid you to date her. And somehow over the music, she hears this and she's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Julia Stiles is mad for like literally like a day. And then she goes to the class and cries. They live happily ever after. And because of all of this, the band is able to play on top of the school. Wow. Boom. Remarkable. Remarkable. Boom. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Uh, you. Thank you. (laughs) So Kendrick said it best, but we're going to try to say it anyway. We are introduced to Heath Ledger's character at the beginning of the movie, Patrick Verona. And he stops in to see the guidance counselor, who is played by a horny Allison Janney, who is in the process of writing a romance novel. Um, before, I feel like all of us now have dabbled a little bit because of Fifty Shades of Grey. But before Fifty Shades of Grey came out, did you ever read a book like this? Like with quivering members and stuff? <laughs> Not a book, but I used to get on the internet and get on sites that had like 
people like submitting their own stuff and it was just like the best thing ever because well, they always mm-hmm. made you think it was from personal experience but then the stories always got like a little bit like to fiction <laughs> that you're like okay but still it was really good and you know <laughs> so you read it anyway i don't know <laughs> my sister used to write smut on fan fiction websites maybe kendrick <laughs> was reading hers maybe oh. but hers weren't based on true events hers were like about Hermione and Professor McGonagall and stuff. (laughs) So that's something to dive into. My experience was Passions, the soap opera, perhaps you've heard of it. They had a companion novel that one of the characters were writing a memoir of her life. Yes, spying (laughs) on the neighbors and all the sexcapades they got into. But then they sold the book. So I was like 13 years old in class reading Hidden Passions. Okay, so I did read that book. So maybe that was my first dive into it too. Me and my cousin were obsessed with passions. Like we would rush home. I had to record it because I got home afterwards, uh-huh. but I was like way mm-hmm. too young to be but I like rushed home and I would like make my ramen noodles and I was sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> and as soon as that book came out, I'm like, oh my God. They're like deep diving into Ivy and Sam. And- that book scarred me because Sam and Ivy fucked in that cave. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm reading this in the cafeteria. <laughs> I'm going to be expelled. So I did not read Passions, but Color Me Intrigued, which is a nice transition for what I have to say about Alice and Janie's character because putting the blatant sexual harassment of her students aside, like the way that she talks to Patrick and is like alluding to like his tiny, tiny penis, (laughs) this guidance counselor like clearly needs to take a step back. Perhaps a yearly evaluation is needed because she really just doesn't give a single shit. It seems like a lot of the faculty feels that way at this point. Not only that, her like ogling or whatever she's doing his penis literally comes right after she read the complaint against him basically sexually harassing the cafeteria lady and just like politely glazing over it like go to class like no big deal if i were cooking these kids like square pizza and green peas all day at least don't sexually harass me like good god that's the least you can do and it speaks to what an amazing actor heath ledger is that he really still made us root for him that that was our introduction was that he was like pretending to expose himself to like an innocent staff member at his school yeah because when it's heath ledger it sounds sexy but then when you think about a high school boy do it you can smell he put that brat worse in his pants uh, and i'm like oh my god enough this girl in my high school was (laughs) suspended for a week for deep throating a hot dog in the cafeteria in front of everybody the teacher's like that that's enough so i think we need ben salem teachers at Padua High or whatever this place is called. Probably for the best. Wow. I'm not okay with <laughs> with anything going on at this school, if we're being perfectly frank. So then we see Kat, and she's in her English class, and she has a lot of thoughts on the required reading of Ernest Hemingway. What are our thoughts about Kat? As someone who has found a way to bring our conversations about the Olsen mystery movies to gender roles and systemic misogyny, <laughs> like game recognize game. She is me. I am her. I know that you and I, Donnie, are straight up narcissists and we always end <laughs> up like somehow comparing ourselves to if we're being honest, like mostly the villains in the movies that we cover. (laughs) But in this movie, I have to say, like, you and I are the sisters. 
I am Kat and you are Bianca. And there's like no gray area. Like we are these girls. I love yeah. that. Except I would have wore a better prom dress than that fucking <gasps> pink tank top How she wore. How fucking yeah. dare you, Donnie? <laughs> you loved it? My favorite prom dress. I wanted my prom dress to look like that. It was a pink t-shirt. It was like the t-shirt that Tommy Pickles wears, except pink, <laughs> and then a fucking Barbie skirt. It's awful. T-shirt Tommy Pickles wears. It was a crop top t-shirt. <laughs> That's just my outrage on the dress. Wait till I talk about her hair. So, so Kat, I do, I do see similarities in, in your feminism. However, and this is kind of a dig at you. I apologize. When I found out she was a soccer player, I was like, oh God, I'm not surprised. And then. And then when the guidance counselor said that heinous bitch is the term that most of the students <laughs> use about her, I was like, yeah, that's not shocking either. Because Wait, just to back up. So you're like, I kind of see it, but there are a few similarities. The playing soccer, the being the heinous bitch. No, I didn't say they're the similarities. I said I see similarities. Like talking about gender roles when we talk about Olsen twin movies. But... I feel like you also can just enjoy things for what they are as well, where this English teacher made it known that this bitch cannot do that. Like, anytime he opened her mouth, he almost jumped out the window. But that was, like, a learned skill. Like, now Mm. we have a podcast where we watch, like, relatively (laughs) shitty movies, and we're making fun of it, but we're still, like, enjoying it and acknowledging that, like, we love this silly, stupid shit. But there was, like, a period of time when I was not as comfortable in, like, the trash that I just devour. So in high school, I was very cat adjacent, but throughout my life, now I'm like, well, I kind of just love nonsense and I'm going to enjoy myself. I get it. In high school, I was that Shakespeare bitch. So then, <laughs> so then when I finally had my growth spurt and like people thought I was just an iota popular, that's when I like really leaned into Bianca. I was like, who do I have to ruin? Because I, <laughs> I'm finally where I am. Like Bianca, you also come from planet. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> So we find out that Kat's sister, Bianca, is not allowed to date until Kat does, but Kat has no interest in dating. So I want to know, when were you allowed to start dating? My high school years were so weird because, like, I didn't have a car, so I was, like, borrowing, like, my parents' car whenever I wanted to do something. It was never a thing. Like, if I wanted to do something, I just, like, asked because, like, I feel like I wasn't, like the problematic child like my i feel like my sister probably put them through hell like we're there's nine years between us so she probably did all mm. of the hell pudding and then by the time it got to me <laughs> they weren't like worried about much so like i was allowed mm-hmm. to just like stay out and do whatever plus my dad worked night shift and he wanted to sleep during the day he didn't give a damn what was <laughs> he didn't give a damn yeah. what was going on in the house he's just like <laughs> date whoever go wherever i don't give a damn put gas in the car and bring it back <laughs> yeah there is something to be said about like the older sister younger brother dynamic because that's i'm the older sister and then my mm-hmm. brother is two years younger than me and literally it would be like all the things that i got in so much trouble for my brother would come along like two years later and 
they're like, all right, cool, like, have fun, be responsible. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was, like, having to, like, sneak out the back door and, like, come out with a multi-plan, like, espionage sequence to, like, go to a party. And you're like, all right, just, like, don't drink and drive. Why don't you just spend the night? Just have a party, but, like, no more than 30 people. I'm like, are you kidding me? I think that's a two-parter. I think that's because you're a girl and he's a boy. And age has nothing to do with it there. Because I'm the oldest, but my sister still had rules about when they could date even Mm. though those rules didn't apply to me so I think that's just the girl boy thing but then I also think that you were such a hell demon that they saw (laughs) if you survived then they were like oh well then he's fine they were just broken they were just fully like broken by the time my brother got to high school they were like fine we surrender we're waving the white flag so I (laughs) I was allowed to date but I wasn't allowed to be gay. But since I wanted to date boys, that's what made it a little difficult. Mm. Which, hence, that's why most of the stories I tell on this podcast are about me sneaking out to blow people in their cars. Because <laughs> I was like, a woman has needs, for God's sake. So I might not be able to go on dates, but I got time to go to the Burger King drive through really quick. <laughs> what else do you need in life? I mean, a, a quick blowing exactly. in a Burger King parking lot. That's yeah. what America's for. <laughs> a Whopper and a Whop Ham. Get exactly. Exactly. Have it your way. There you go. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it. And now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles 
Bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So, let's move on. Cameron wants to date Bianca. So, he tries to find a guy that will go out with Kat so that Bianca's allowed. But it's impossible because... (laughs) She's basically a leper in this school. So he ends up paying Patrick Verona, Heath Ledger, to date her using Andrew Keegan's money. And this is when I said, hmm? Because is Kat really that untouchable? Like, I know she's unliked and she's a little, like, she plays soccer. But <laughs> but she's still Julia Stiles. Like, this is not the Hunchback of Notre Dame. This is a woman who will be saving the last dance in two years. So what's the point? Right. Like the whole premise is like, yeah, she's conventionally beautiful. She's intelligent. But ew, she reads. When they did that like lineup of potential prospects to like date this ogre, there is a man that literally says, maybe if she were the last person alive and there were no sheep, I have many follow-up questions. Someone else literally just screams when they say her name. You know what it is, though? She had a ponytail for a lot of the movie. And if 90s shows have taught us anything, you're not pretty until you take your hair down at the end of the movie. So right. <laughs> I think that's that what it was. True. She didn't have glasses, though. Ooh, that's true. She might as well have. She had proverbial glasses on. She Jumping did. ahead, she does like a full coyote ugly dance. And we're led to believe like that is like totally embarrassing. <laughs> uh-huh. In fact, I'll tell you right now, in my research, I found out that that scene of the table dance, that's what the directors of Save the Last Dance saw and said, we need to get this girl. Now, I don't think that dance was that good. (laughs) Like, imagine (laughs) being the person who casted that movie because you saw that table dance. You're not very good at your job. (laughs) So Joey, the Andrew Keegan little piece of shit, His reign of terror goes past the walls of the high school. And Kat is in town buying feminism books and window shopping for guitars when Joey parks his car illegally behind where she's parked so that she can't get out. So naturally, she just like backs up into it. Now, naturally, I I say naturally, (laughs) but like this is why I never got a driver's license because people with cars are truly insane. Well... (laughs) As somebody who has a driver's license, who should not have <laughs> who is one. truly and- <laughs> insane. Yeah, exactly. So my favorite part of the scene is that when she purposely backs into his car, she goes, whoops. <laughs> and ironically, whoops is what I said when I accidentally totaled my dad's car <gasps> and then conveniently just didn't tell him. Because <laughs> when I first started learning how to drive, I had no business being out on the road, but... 
I was, and I was just <laughs> cruising along. So I would always forget that you had to like look when you backed up. Like I would <laughs> literally be looking straight ahead, pop my car in reverse and just gun it without <laughs> looking. Like I could have hit people. I could have hit animals. Luckily, I only consistently hit my dad's car. <laughs> and like, I don't want to victim shame. But after the first time that your inept daughter backs into your car and smashes the front of it, like certainly you would think to yourself, perhaps I shouldn't park there anymore. But he continued. And so wow. the second time I hit my dad's car, <laughs> I smashed it. I was like late for school, looking straight ahead, <laughs> popped it in reverse and like, hit the gas and I smashed it. And so I just kind of put it in drive, like scooched up, did like an Austin Powers 26 point turn and just like left the driveway and just like didn't tell him that I had hit it. And then the poor man, we've talked about my angel of a father, his car broke down in the center lane of 495 on his way to work and just never turned on again. And so then when he was like, Charles, like, did you drive my car? Like, what's going on? When I took it into the shop, they said, wow, it looks like you've been in a terrible accident. <laughs> and I said, whoops. <laughs> Kendrick, do you know how to drive? I do. Like, well, or do you oh, drive like Chelsea? Uh, <laughs> Not do you have a license. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I can certainly drive. <laughs> well is debatable. My mother doesn't think so. But to be <laughs> fair... She's scared whenever she gets in the car with anybody. So whether it's me, mm. my sister, anytime she gets in the passenger seat, it's that person's fault. They're going way too fast. Like if they're going 30 and a 45, mm. they're going way too fast mm-hmm. for her. So I think I'm okay. Well, I don't know. My parallel parking isn't the best, <laughs> but everything else is okay. I mean, I've had a couple of wrecks in my lifetime, but. Yeah, parallel parking just like isn't even something I do. Oh my God, I had a friend and then we will move on because this has become a driver's ed podcast. (laughs) But I had a friend in high school and to teach her to parallel park, her dad put his laptop like (gasps) as one car and then her little brother stood where the other (laughs) car would be and she had to parallel park in between the brother and the laptop. She learned, I guess. She learned, oh but God. then she had a PTSD flashback every time she entered a city. My God. That would be my little brother, one, would have a broken leg, and my dad's laptop would never turn on again. So that would not have taught me. Yeah, I would have said, whoops. <laughs> Back to the movie. Kat agrees to go to Bogey Lowenstein's party with Patrick Verona, which means Bianca can go as well. But first, Bianca needs to wear a fake pregnancy belly to see what it would be like if she made makes the wrong choices at this party did you not a belly obviously unless you did but did did you ever have any uh, like birth control stories or sex ed stories yes so i have one but it's like not good it just basically was like the typical experience of sex education in our country where like i left with a lot of follow-up questions i did not get the lay of the land i really felt like i did not understand what was being taught because it was all like spoken kind of like a riddle like you kind of had to like figure out what they were trying to Mm. tell you it was so bad that my neighbor's dog got loose and started humping my leg on my way home from the school bus. And I came home in tears crying because I thought that I might be pregnant. <laughs> oh. oh my God. 
Dr. Bald, my husband, not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22, <laughs> he went to high school in the South. And so Woo-woo. their sex education is basically <laughs> just like, how dare you? And he said that in his health class, they took a cup and they passed it around from person to person and you had to spit in the cup. Huh. And then at the end, like he's holding up this like cup of spit and was like, this is what happens if you have premarital sex. Oh. This is what you're going into your marriage with. Ooh. Wow. Disgusting. I thought they were going to make the slut of the class drink out. <laughs> I was very nervous. Chug, 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 chug. I didn't know how their story was going to end. I was so nervous. Oh my God. I know. I had no- <laughs> yeah, because when I'm passed around at parties, <laughs> I know how that ends. <laughs> Do you ever like have a talk of not getting pregnant, Donnie? Um, in my middle school class, we had Baby Think It Over, which <laughs> was this life-size doll baby that, like, weighed what a baby would weigh. And it cried throughout the night. You had to bring it home for 24 hours. And it cried, and you had to wear a bracelet with the key. So anytime it cried, you would, like, put the key in its back and stop it from crying. And then it would do that while you slept, whatever. Uh. So, luckily... Other schools in the district did it for like a grade. We could just take it home for extra credit. Thank God. Because the first time, <laughs> the first time I cried in the middle of the night, I just put it in the closet. <laughs> because I did not want it to wake me up. I was like, I have school the next day. How dare you? That wow. would be me. Screw that. I got the birds and the bees talk late aggressively early in life. Like it was not nearly when it would have helped me, but I got it when I was like, I think five years old around that time. And it was because my, oh boy, my neighbor, (laughs) I remember he had like this huge closet and we would always go in there and play and stuff. And I remember he pulled his thing out and was just like, whipping it around one day and my dad opened the closet like at that moment <laughs> and so we had to be like rushed home and i got to talk right then and there <laughs> so, so bogey lowenstein's party turns out to be kind of awful bianca learns that joey gladstone is a tool and only talks about himself and he ends up leaving the party with gabrielle union Kat gets drunk and embarrasses herself. And Cameron gets upset that Bianca chose to spend time with Joey instead of him. So I know we discuss parties a lot, but Chelsea, have we ever discussed our worst party experiences? I don't think so. (laughs) Well, we already know about that marriage that I broke up because Mm -hmm. I blew the husband. (laughs) Whoopsie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. So as revenge, she called the police on my party. Was it true, though? Like, was whatever she called it for Oh, she just said there was underage drinking. And it was my 20th birthday, so that is the truth. But luckily, I don't know if we were working with, like, Mayberry rejects or what, but (laughs) the police that broke up the party, they came in and they were like, all right, anyone that's 21, get out of here so we can write up everybody else. So, like, people just left, obviously. I was like, yeah, 46 years old, happy to hear. (laughs) Yeah, well, once again, Donnie, have to admit, not Team Donnie on this one. If you broke up my marriage, perhaps I would try to get revenge in some sort of way, considering, let's not forget, the origin of the original revenge of blowing this woman's fiance <laughs> to break up this marriage was that she had a bad charity fundraiser idea. No, you mean a bad one. <laughs> because she wanted to dress like little Bo Peep to raise money. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> 
And if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, go to the She's the Man episode because <laughs> whew, it's a doozy. <laughs> oh, you asked me about my... So it wasn't... I don't know if it was bad or if it was amazing, honestly, but I remember it vividly. It was my freshman year of college and University of Memphis made the Final Four, which we were all just like pumped about. And I was in Indiana at the time. And so like I got like one of the drunkest I've ever been that night. <laughs> My friends were like in on this party that uh, another house was throwing, but I left the party apparently and made my way to a neighborhood, which we like weren't like near a neighborhood at all. But like I made my way to a neighborhood <laughs> and like into someone's backyard and like fell in their kiddie pool. <laughs> and I just remember like flopping around. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to die. What is this? What is water? What is happening? To get back to my house, which I think what I was trying to do, you have to cross. It's a street, but it's like six lanes. You have to cross that street. And it's like the busiest small town, but it's the busiest street in the town. I apparently crossed that street. And so, like, it was the most dangerous drunk I've ever been. And so I, like, vowed at that moment. I'm like, I need a a safety buddy every time I'm going to drink at this college. From or now on, at least on. like one of those kitty leashes, <laughs> right? Or a what's the thing that the elderly have around her neck to like press nine one one? Yes, a life alert. I need something. <laughs> life alert! Please sponsor us. Yeah, use code cute for fifty percent off. I just want to backtrack just for one second. Can we talk about how Patrick's opening line to Cat? was screaming, hello, girly, in her face. (laughs) Like, the modern-day answer to that is, like, the infamous, here I am holding a fish Tinder profile. Like, do better. (laughs) Do better. Well, in his defense, he was in Australian prison for five years. (laughs) So then Cameron drives Bianca home from the party because Joey left her there, so she needs a ride. I need to stop you. I'm so sorry, Donnie. It's time to talk about the real villain of this movie. Oh, God. Cameron. Really? This dweeby, (laughs) wannabe, John Mulaney motherfucker (laughs) has placed Bianca on such a pedestal, it's verging on, like, restraining order required territory. Like, he attended the school for essentially, like, (laughs) 11 minutes and then decided Bianca is the most perfect person in the universe. Like, the fact that he uses the word pure to describe (laughs) her makes me want to dunk his head in a toilet and, like, give him a swirly. (laughs) Because then he has the audacity to make her feel bad for not wanting to go out with him. It's like she didn't ask for him to meddle with her sister. She didn't ask for him to learn French. (laughs) When you put it like that, I guess I understand. I love like hunting for the true villain of a movie. It's like one of my favorite like, no, I don't love hunting. Like I don't I don't think any of you can picture me with a rifle like going to hunt deer, but <laughs> no, like I love looking for the true villain in a movie. And when you discover it, it's so satisfying. Mm. He was even told like multiple times by the guy that like she's conceited, she's this, she's that. And he's still like, no, she's basically the Virgin Mary at this castle of a school that has a band on top of it playing all the time. Yeah, like I hope Bianca never accidentally farts in front of this man. He might like strangle her. <laughs> 
God. Right. <laughs> well, God. here's a little tidbit. Maybe that's what happened in real life. So because of the success of this movie, they were cast together in Third Rock from the Sun as love interest, too. But she has come out since then and said that they did not like each other in real life at all. So maybe oh, that's why. Shit. Maybe she farted. <laughs> and, and then he tried to kill her. Maybe. So while that's happening, Patrick drives Cat home and she tries to kiss him, but he feels bad that he's paid to be with her, so he doesn't kiss back. So that, besides like throwing up on his feet already and like dancing on the table, piss poorly, then she's even more embarrassed. So she stops talking to him for like three days. So then to win back her affection, he sings in the football stadium during a soccer game, You're just too good to be true, like a gap commercial. So, so then the police show up and take him to detention, which, okay, I think we skipped some steps there. Dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Now that's an exit. So they take him to detention and to get him out of detention, Kat shows up and flashes her soccer coach. Now, Chelsea, this should be a conversation, but I'm just going to continue my monologue because you said Cameron was the villain here, but I think the villain is the writers who <laughs> let me give you some background information. Chelsea is going to blow your mind. The writers of this movie are the same women that wrote she's the man so disgusting so this is the second movie of theirs that we covered who even knows what else these two bitches have in their lineup (laughs) this is the second movie out of eight that we've covered of theirs that have a scene with an underage girl flashing an adult man among others like both sides there it's not just an adult man there's crowds of people so we need to (laughs) either check these bitches into therapy because they've either got some things to work on or they're perverts or both (laughs) y'all are keeping their perverted legacy alive look at (laughs) y'all we need to look up what else they write and then never cover it again it's like how like adam sandler always has his friends in his movies and that's like a staple a staple of these two women's movies it's like oh and you're gonna get like underage tits (laughs) (laughs) their friends are 16 year old boobies goodness The teacher does nothing about it anyway. Like, great day for them. (laughs) Flash tatas, go ride boats. Uh Like, what is actually happening at this school, though? Because we talked about the guidance counselor. And now, like, not only is this teacher being flashed by a high schooler, clearly not, like, reporting it, letting a principal know, addressing it with the class, telling her, please stop, even. (laughs) Like, let's lower the bar that much for him to say, please don't do that. No, thank you. (laughs) But, like, also, he simultaneously is, like, clearly confiscating drugs for his own personal use. And, like, he's not being sneaky about it. He's like, and I will also take these Doritos. Thank you. Insane. (laughs) This school is wild. And then, again, nobody really likes Kat, but that English teacher just kicks her out when she says that she likes the project. She's like, I think this is really good. He's like, get the fuck out of here, and I don't want to see your face. This school needs to have some new interview practices put into place (laughs) so later on bianca and kat share a moment and kat informs her that the reason she doesn't do what other people want her to do is that she had sex with joey in ninth grade so she sees that bianca's hurt she can't go to prom so kat decides to go to prom which then means bianca can go and the turnaround time after this scene is so quick literally the next 
scene is them going to prom. It was that night. And I don't know. I mean, their hairstyles clearly show that it was that night. They did not leave school early to get their hair done, which I used to do. And I didn't even have, I mean, I was not bald, but like I didn't need an updo. And I still took a half day for prom. These two bitches just decide as fucking Larissa Olenek swinging on a tire swing. They're like, we're going to go to prom. My school like made you like buy tickets and like everything. Right. Like, it was a whole ordeal. You needed stuff done before a certain date to go to prom. Like this was just not a eh, I think I'll go to prom tonight. Like, no. If, and why did she have that dress just like lying around? Like, had she worn that somewhere before? Or I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't have hated the dress as much as I did if it was maybe a little shorter. It was just such a weird length. Like, I don't know. Now that you said Tommy Pickles, I can't get that image out of my head, so. Yeah, it was an accidental belly shirt. Like, that's yeah. just when you drink too much beer, it's not supposed to be a belly shirt, it just is. Like, that should have been, and the writers of this movie probably would have loved it, that should have been cropped right under the titty line. Like, a little bit of under boob should have been showing. But no. Literally, my only note is, I am all cast obsessed with Bianca's look. No! It was disgusting. But did you notice, it made me cry, I'll I'll just come out and say it, did you notice that Kat got to wear her mother's pearls? Like, Bianca clearly gave Aww. it to her to wear. Isn't that so sweet? It is sweet. Didn't notice that. Didn't notice at all. <laughs> Donnie was busy writing a diatribe of hate for Bianca's yeah, pink look. I was. Look. And if I saw one fucking limo show up, I was going to have a page worth of notes. Because I was like, you can't do this in one night. So I was waiting for a limo to show up. He gave him $300 for all of that, too. He was like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, get your suit, a limo. And then I was like, how much do you think prom is? Like, prom is an expensive night, like, paid over a certain amount of time. Yes. It's a lot. Not in the 90s. Really? Well... We have to account for inflation, Donnie. I understand that, but he had enough to buy the suit and all of that, and then a guitar at the end of the movie. How much did we inflate here? True, true. I do like that this, like, dating thing that their dad has established, like, dating is, like, an all-encompassing umbrella of anything fun. Because, like, (laughs) Bianca's not allowed to go to prom or, like, a party with even, like, her friends. Like, Mm. she can't, like, leave the house without it being considered dating. At that point, I was almost expecting their dad to be like, listen, Kat, you cannot go to Sarah Lawrence. That is dating. Like, you cannot (laughs) do this. Well... It probably would have been for her if you catch my trip. <laughs> so at prom, we need to put a pause on the plot for just a few minutes. Yeah, because this has been a very plot-heavy episode so far. <laughs> but we're going to do it again. Uh-huh. There has been a weird C-plot brewing with Kat's best friend being obsessed with Shakespeare. And at prom, this is when it comes to a conclusion. Because she is obsessed with Shakespeare to the point where she doesn't have a personality besides <laughs> being obsessed with Shakespeare. Like, every little fucking thing she says is Shakespeare is about him. And 
these writers strike again. In the original script, she, she showed her titties. No, <laughs> she was so obsessed with Shakespeare that she said she can't wait until she's dead so that she can be with him. Like this was a dark. This was a dark. This was a dark plot line. Okay, can we start a GoFundMe for these writers? I think we need therapy. No, because in- they haven't written in a while. So let's keep. I was it about that to ask, I'm not giving them any extra cash. Are they still employed no. in Hollywood? Good God. Take this to euphoria, all this darkness. Oh, my God. So all of that was just to ask you, did anyone dress weird at your prom? I'll go first because I have people I want to talk about. So there was some kind of contest in a magazine where if you made your outfit out of duct tape, you could, like, win money. So this couple made their whole outfit out of duct tape. Now, I think they put it on, like, a real dress and on a suit. They didn't just put duct tape on their body. But I wasn't at their after party, so who knows what happened. Did it look good? (laughs) It was cute. It was not my style at all. It's something you would have bought at Hot Topic. Did you have a white tux? I feel like you strike me as like a white tux guy with like a powder blue You don't tie. know me at all. No, that's disgusting. I had a white tux. <laughs> with a powder blue tie? No, it was a red tie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long debate because I, I don't know why. I went into the tux store and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm like, no one else is going to have a white tux. And of course, like... 75% of the guys at prom had a white tux. So we all just had different colored ties. There was nothing special about me at prom. So at the prom also, besides this girl, like, hoping she dies soon, <laughs> Pat finds out Patrick was being paid to date her. So she runs out of prom as Bianca is beating the shit out of Joey in her honor. And then after she punches him in the face twice and knees him in the balls, she's allowed to stay at prom and dance. I mean, who is chaperoning? (laughs) That band, probably. So now Kendrick, now I'm just collecting data for no reason whatsoever. And definitely not because my co-host just last episode told a chilling tale of normalizing ball kicking. But you're a man. You're a gentleman. Yes. Would you say it hurts to be kicked in the balls? Absolutely. <laughs> hmm. okay. Absolutely. So, so far, one to one. Wow. I'll continue my research. I think it depends on the angle. Yeah, when I was little, my sister used to, we played a game where I would just spread my legs and she would kick me in the balls. <laughs> Why well, I, I don't like it's that game. building up a tolerance. There, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know, but I went to an all guy college, like one of three in the actual like country that are left, and catching guys off guard and kicking them in the nuts was probably a pastime. So I literally <laughs> walked around kind of like bow legged most of the time, like trying to avoid getting kicked in the balls because it is incredibly painful sometimes you know sometimes you're lucky they miss you know they might go at an angle or something like that but then sometimes if they if they're really good at it they've been doing this with their brothers for years they'll get both of them at the same time and that's that's a painful evening donnie's like that's just a (laughs) yeah no i was just sitting here thinking like you poor bastard (laughs) if only you would have had a little sister that you could have practiced with that's gonna be my sound clip for the week (laughs) If only you could have had a little sister to practice with. Okay, Donnie Hadfield Smith, 2022. So prom's over and so am I canceled. Prom is over. No, prom and- is not over. Because circling back to the human equivalent of hashtag not all men Cameron, why is nobody mad at him? Why is nobody mad at him for orchestrating 
all of this for treating these women like pawns in his like weird, creepy game of stalker chess. Like if we sit down and think about it, he is literally responsible for all of this. He is the mastermind. He is the man behind the curtain. And yet nothing like he literally, literally gets to sail off into the sunset with Bianca. Truly. This was based on Shakespeare, as we know. So like if this was not a comedy, if it was a drama, he would be the one that we like point fingers at the end and say, all your friends are dead because you wanted to go on a date. <laughs> right. With her. Off with his head. Right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Literally, Joey My is the friend. only one that like got punished in this movie. Like uh, he, not even Patrick. Like Patrick was like she was mad at him for a day and then she was like, Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> and she's just like going on about her business. Yeah. And really, the only, well, I guess he paid. Yeah, I guess I was going to hear, I was going to try to make an argument for why Joey's not that bad, but I guess he is. <laughs> I, guess. I mean, Joey <laughs> didn't not deserve to be kicked in the balls. I'm just saying, perhaps like Kat, I am suggesting other people are added to the list. Let's add well, other what? men. Literally to all the of the men. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and some of the women, <laughs> Alice and Jenny. <laughs> so Kat's English assignment is to write a sonnet. So the day after prom, she reads hers. And again, the turnaround time for this is incredible. So <laughs> she reads her sonnet entitled 10 Things I Hate About You. And to be this person, it was 14 things in the sonnet. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not the teacher here. Mm-hmm. She would have got a B for that. <laughs> Bitch land account. But we'll let it slide because I'm not the teacher. So, so then after hearing this, she finds out he had bought her a guitar that she wanted. And they kiss as her favorite band performs on the roof of the school. And that's, that's how the movie ends. It went completely over my head. That that's why this movie was called 10 Things I Hate About You. I had no idea that's what the sonnet that she wrote was called. Did they say that in the movie? <laughs> they didn't say it, but it was just a list of things she hated. Oh, she literally said, I, I hate, hate the, the way, way you comb your hair. I hate it when you smile. God, like stuff like that. Everything just goes over my head. I miss so much. I just don't pay enough attention when I watch movies. God. And it's like, what a strange title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that poem fully made my butt clench i know we're going to talk about like well i guess i can ask now if we were to bring this to modern day who would we cast in a remake because i would say in the remake version of this this is definitely a blog post accompanied by like a crying instagram story to promote it you know what i mean yeah i like that so who did you guys have for the cast so just so y'all know this is now Y'all are giving me this responsibility. This is now an entirely different movie. So they're not in high school. Now they are, they're, they're kind of in like not a retirement home, but like a retirement community for people who have done well in life. And, you know, they want to retire early and, you know, that, that kind of thing. So okay. my, my main character, Kat, who was played by Julia Stiles, Donnie, this is a tribute to you. It's going to be played by Octavia Spencer. she's made it rich you know she's doing wonderful things but you know she's she's had a bad go of it in life and you know she's she's tired of dating and she just wants to you know she wants to relax kick back but her little sister bianca who's played by regina hall but played by regina hall as brenda from scary movie (laughs) So she's an older Brenda from Scary Movie. And, you know, she's like, you know, what are you doing? You got a date. You got to do like this. We got to get us some fine men. You know, our Cameron, who I guess will be Bianca's love interest, you know, Brenda, is going to be Chris Evans. 
So I feel like okay. Chris Evans and Regina Hall is Brenda from Scary mm-hmm. Movies. They'll get along great. But the man that's going to come and steal Cat's heart, our new Heath Ledger, it's going to be Lenny Kravitz. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were taking us on a journey with this nursing home yes. thing, but now I see, I see it, I see it, I get it, I it? feel it, I will watch it, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's good. I had an image of him picking up just Octavia Spencer and just spinning her around on the beach, and it's just, it's glorious. I also have like some some supporting cast. I have uh, Joey, who is going to be a jackass too. He's going to be played by Eric Dane, who is the dad from Euphoria. Remember McSteamy mm-hmm. from uh-huh. Grey's Anatomy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabrielle Union, she's going to play herself in this movie because she hasn't <laughs> aged at all. So why she not? She could be the teenager that flashes her tits because she still looks 19. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I got two more. Okay. The English teacher. I don't know if y'all know who she is, but in this, she's going to be like the quirky, like social worker who kind of helps or like the property manager, maybe like, you know, who helps mm-hmm. to kind of run things. It's going to be the comedian, Miss Pat. I don't know if y'all have seen her uh-huh. show. No, yeah, it's going to be Miss Pat because she's going to do a whole lot of cussing and a whole lot of fussing <laughs> if things are going wrong on this campus. And so I'm here for that. And then our Allison Janie role. Get this. Since. We need someone younger in the cast. So it's actually, it's going to be Kitten Queen from Euphoria. Barbie Ferreira is going to be her. Okay. She on the show, she writes a lot of fiction, you know, sexy, <laughs> romantic fiction. So, you know, it'll be a lot of good erotic stuff. She's not paying attention to them. She's going to be our intern in this movie, learning from Miss Pat. So she's cussing too. So that's my, <laughs> that's my remake. I don't know where this gets cast it's probably straight to netflix i don't know but well i mean netflix just put out yeah. which i feel like donnie and i manifested because we say a celebrity's name more than twice and like beetlejuice they pop up <laughs> Alyssa milano just had that crazy ass netflix like psychological oh. thriller slash lifetime movie on netflix so you know what anything is possible ask believe receive and so it is <laughs> there we go Kendrick, you need to watch it immediately. It's so good. It is. Something. It's literally on my list. I just was, just the picture alone looked lifetime. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch this or not. You are. I am pitching it as the gritty reboot of Murder She Wrote with J.B. Fletcher. Of like, the writer just is like, always happens to be around murder. In my mind, that's canon, that that was the gritty retelling of Murder, She Wrote. I'm watching it tonight. (laughs) Please do. I'm sold. So Donnie, take it away. Yeah, mine, I think they're a little too high end. I think they'll all turn it down when they see the script, but that's okay. (laughs) So as Bianca, I have Zendaya. Stop. Did we agree on something? Keep going, keep going. Okay. Always a good choice. Yeah, so Bianca Zendaya, as her older sister, Kat, I have Jasmine Savoy Brown, who is in the new Scream and in Yellow Jackets. Now, here's the mm-hmm. thing about Jasmine. Shaisa. She only... T- yes, that's right. Taysa Turner for Senate. So, so <laughs> Jasmine only takes queer roles. So, by accident, I stumbled into a queer film. So, that then means Patrick has to be a woman who is tough and we think would be in prison, perhaps. So, that's going to be Florence Pugh. Then, oh. 
Thank you. <laughs> then, <laughs> as the Cameron to Zendaya's Bianca, we're doing a little reunion, and that's going to be Tom Holland. Then, as Joey, I have John Boyega. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank- <laughs> See, put me in Hollywood. So then, <laughs> as the English teacher, we do love a cameo that throws back to the original. So as the English teacher, I have Gabrielle Union. And then the last role I cast was the guidance counselor, who is now Molly Shannon. Oh, that's great. That's Thank you. very well that is done. Fantastic. I think that's the best I've ever done. That was amazing. I do want to reiterate that none of them are going to accept the roles <laughs> once they read the script. <laughs> Not one. My turn. So I'm realizing, so I have Zendaya as Kat, not as Bianca. But I really did try, Donnie. I want you to give me credit for this. I know that you were going to (laughs) give Kat a B on her poem. I would like an A plus because I thought to myself, okay, I don't watch this show because for my mental health, absolutely the fuck not. I don't watch Euphoria, but I know that it's in the ethos. I know everybody's loving it. Like I I just can't. I cannot handle it. But I did a little bit of Googling because I was like, you know what? I need to start actually playing the game and knowing young people. So I basically just like went down that list and then just like sprinkled in others. So I have Zendaya and Storm Reid as the sisters. Perfect. And then for Gabrielle Union's part, I have Sydney Sweeney because I loved her in Mm. White Lotus and she plays like that disengaged bitch very well. Then I have Timothy Chalamet as Cameron, because I think he can play that, like, Uh secret serial killer quite well. And in my reboot, there will be, like, a collage wall with, like, ominous music as, like, he has, like, her head cut out everywhere. And, like, he's, like, circling with hearts, all that. Then I have Harry Styles as Patrick. And then I have Bowen Yang as, like, that Shakespeare guy. Did not mm-hmm. cast Joey, I'm realizing. Ooh. But I really tried. <laughs> no, that was really good. Is it? Because your voice is saying that's really good and your face is saying no. <laughs> there are some people that I would see the trailer for and say, like, oh, he's in it. But I would still see the movie. Okay, wait. I did not cast Joey, but I did cast the dad. <laughs> As a wink and a nod to our podcast famously named... Kevin James is a cute one. I have Kevin James playing the father. <laughs> oh, he would be great. Nice. So final thoughts. What about this movie for you aged well and what aged like blockbuster? I think a few lines are on PC, mostly from Bianca. But I think the story holds up. And if I were a high school teacher, I would feel semi-confident that I could show this to my class without being fired. Okay. Well, you don't think perhaps you could get a job at this high school where there are teachers. <laughs> no, <doing drugs. laughs> I watched PG-13 things in my high school, mm. like during my Shakespeare unit. Oh, I would say okay. like, OK, guys, we're going to read Taming of the True. Then we're going to watch this movie. OK. Kendrick, what about <laughs> you? Yeah, Donnie said it perfectly. Literally all of Bianca's <laughs> lines. Uh-huh. There was one, I think, where uh, the dad was like, I delivered twins for a 15 year old this morning do you know what she said to me and she was like i'm a crack whore who you know should have made my sleazy boyfriend wear a condom and i'm like oh the poor 15 year old being judged by you of all people like who needs that but i think mostly bianca the rest kind of held up i i really enjoyed it watching it in 2022 but i i think the most of it held up i think just cut a couple of those you know 
our words out and a couple of those lines and yeah i think we'll we'll be okay yeah. Yeah. chelsea when you said i'm bianca i will say that line that you just referenced kendrick about i'm a crack whore that should have <laughs> no. made my skeezy boyfriend wear a condom i do quote that at least three times <laughs> a day <laughs> oh no well you know what i'm glad you're not quoting some of her other things so <laughs> yeah we're moving in the right direction yeah i'm learning i agree i think that most of this held up it does have a very like 90s movie feel about it like there are those 90s movie tropes like you know at prom there's a band and everybody is like respectfully dancing like face to face and it's like meanwhile at my prom we were like grinding to like she licked me like a lollipop and there was literally a used condom found on the dance floor at the end of the dance that like was cause for like a school-wide assembly so i think that like some of those things could be like moved into the future i do think making it like a a blog post that goes viral like about the 10 things she hates about him. But overall, like, I fucking love this movie. I really me do. Too. It holds up. It does. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Still makes me laugh. Still, it doesn't make me cry, but it still makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next time you watch, pay attention to that pearl necklace. Maybe you'll shed a tear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boo, Donnie. To make a lovely moment like that sexual. Shame say, on you. That's the sound bite of the week right there. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kendrick, before we go, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, my God. First of all, thank you for having me. Being on I Am The Cute One is a dream come true. (laughs) I love taking this trip to the the late 90s with you guys. How kind of you to lie like that, Kendrick. (laughs) (laughs) They say as a civilization, we're not going to get much better than the 90s. And I think that theory is holding up pretty true. So, thank you for letting me go back with y'all for a while. You can find me on Instagram at Reality Comics 2. That's T-O-O. Uh, you can find my podcast anywhere you listen to I Am The Cute One. Uh, I'm on Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Google, find me. I'm Reality and Comics 2, hosted by Kendrick Tucker. I talk all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. Again, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You. We had so much fun. Of course. And to everyone else, thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.